Live from Nashville, Tennessee, it's Dawn and Steve in the morning. Good morning from Moody Radio. We have a treat for you. Dr. Gary Chapman is with us for the whole hour to talk about his new books with us. Well, we are so looking forward to this conversation and uh, I almost feel like we don't need to introduce Gary. He's been such a voice on Moody Radio for so many years with his uh, weekend program, heard on more than 400 radio stations, best-selling author of the five love languages, and has probably been on just about every single Moody Radio show there is over the years. He's a director of marriage and family consultants and has written, again, many, many books, including that bestseller, The Five Love Languages. Gary, welcome. It's good to have you with us this morning. Well, thank you, Steve. It's great to be with you. Well, it sounds uh, seems as if anytime anybody wants to talk about love, you're kind of the go-to guy. And so we're going to spend a little time talking about love this morning. And you've got a book out entitled Love is a Choice. Before we kind of get into some of the stories and the content of the book here, let's begin with a definition so we're all on the same page as we have this conversation here. When you talk about love, you we, we in culture define love in so many different ways. How do you want to define it today for the purposes of our conversation? Yeah, you know, I think you're right. There, we, we speak of love in a thousand ways. I yep. love hot dogs. I love barbecue. I love the mountains. I love the beach. I love, <laughs> yep. I love all of us. Yeah. yeah, right. Uh, but uh, today we're talking about uh, what I think is biblical love, and that is it is it is an attitude with appropriate behavior. And the attitude is I'm in this relationship to do everything I can to enrich your life. If mm-hmm. I can just find out how I can enrich your life, that's what I want to do. So it's a way of thinking. Now, it affects the emotions. You know, when we speak their love language, they feel love. And when someone speaks our love language, we feel love. But biblical love doesn't start with a feeling. It starts with an attitude. The same attitude that Christ had when he came to to die for us when we were sinners. We weren't loving him. He loved us. His attitude was, I came to die for you, give his life for you. So it's, it's that. And we choose our attitude. That's the good part. We choose our attitude. Yeah, I, I so appreciate the the fact that, you know, you say it's, it's not just emotion. Yes, our emotions are impacted by the attitudes, by the decisions that we make. And you said that love has got to be more than something we feel. It is something we do. So when you say we do, how do we do love? Yeah, I think the attitude leads us to positive expressions of love. And there's many, many ways. You know, of course, the five love languages, or there's one, one guideline in terms of expressing love. It's those kind of things. Uh, but it's, it's action. It's expressed either in words of affirmation to the person. That's an action. You know, gifts, it's an action. Uh, quality time means that you're going to give them some of your time and give them your undivided attention. And physical touch, you know, it, it, it's a firming touch. All of these things are actions. It's something that we do that grows out of our attitude. Mm-hmm. And when we speak the love language of the other person, it's, it meets their deep need for, feel, for feeling love. So, but, you know, some people say, well, I don't feel, I don't, I don't have any feelings for them. So therefore, uh, uh, I don't love them anymore. Well, yeah, I understand you don't feel loved by them and maybe they don't feel loved by you, but you can choose to love them. And if you do, those actions are going to touch them and really can restore a relationship. Now, over your many years of uh, ministry and working with couples and writing and doing these conferences, you've uh, heard a ton of different stories, and we're going to get to some of those throughout our, our conversation this morning. But when you say that so definitively, if you do this, lives can change. 
relationships yeah. can be restored. Yet you say that with such authority. What, what's behind that? You know, uh, 40 years of counseling. Yeah. <laughs> and I often say to people when they say to me, we just have no hope. There's too many things have gone wrong. We, we have no hope. And I say, I can understand that. I remember when I had no hope in my own marriage in the early years, you know. I said, so what if you go on my hope for a while? I said, if you, if you just, I have hope for you. If you'll go on my hope and you're willing to try some things, uh, let's just see what happens. Yeah. So I can understand how people lose hope, but I have hope because I've seen what can happen when people are responsive, you know, to, to truth and choose to, to think and to behave in a loving way. Gary, um, when we want to show that we love, we very often are going to do that from our own love language. You know, we want to love in the way that we want to be loved, but uh, often we are not married to someone or in relationship with someone who has the same love language we do. So we may say, I'm I'm doing all these things. I'm pouring out, I'm giving, I'm acting. And, uh, you know, my attitude is right, but we're just maybe kind of doing the wrong thing. So how do we figure out that person that we want to, you know, them to feel loved? How do we uh, make sure that we're loving them in a way that they're going to feel it? One way, uh, Steve, is to listen to their complaints. <laughs> yeah. I did that in my marriage. You know, I, I gave my wife words of affirmation when we first got married. And when I was still in love, I could tell how nice she looked, how much I appreciated her. I told her a dozen times a day, I love you, honey. I am so glad I married you. I love you, love you, love you. And one night she said to me, you keep on saying I love you. If you love me, why don't you help me? Mm-hmm. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, you don't ever offer to wash dishes or vacuum the floor or clean the toilet. I mean, you don't offer to do anything. And I didn't say this to you, but inside I was thinking, what are you talking about, woman? My mama did that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Those wise of you bring, not to say that at that time. <laughs> we bring our history with us, you know, but we're not married to our, our mothers. And so she was looking back on that. I knew nothing about love languages, but looking back on that, she was telling me her love language about her complaint. You know, her, her yeah. language is acts of service. And I wasn't doing anything. So she was thinking, you know, he doesn't love me. If he loved me, he'd be pitching in here and helping me. So I was, I was sincere. I was loving her, but it wasn't connecting with her emotionally. So listen, listen to your spouse's criticism. What do they, what do they keep asking for? You know, uh, yeah. you, you get pretty good clue. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, Dr. Yuri Chapman, and we're going to continue this hour to talk about the five love languages and how love is a choice. He's written a book by that title, Love is a Choice, and there's some great stories in this book uh, about the love language is in action. And so maybe you are looking for hope this morning. You feel like there is no hope in my marriage. There is no hope in that relationship with that wayward child. There is no hope. There is. And we're going to talk about where that hope comes from and share some of those stories of hope throughout this hour. Hope that you will stay with us. If you want to find out more about Gary Chapman and the five love languages, it's fivelovelanguages.com. The number five, lovelanguages.com. More with Gary coming up. Thanks for being with us on Moody Radio. Why not take Dawn and Steve with you wherever you go? Download the Moody Radio app. That is... Oh, sorry. Go for it. I was going to say thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning with just Steve.
Well, yeah, that's right. Donna's out today. and Glad that uh, you are here with us. Also glad to have Dr. Gary Chapman with us. And, you know, not only can you listen to Don and Steve in the morning, but a lot of other radio programs like Building Relationships through the Moody Radio app. So if you don't have it, go get it. It's at your app store. It's free. Just look for Moody Radio, and then you can listen to a lot of the programs on demand. Gary's uh, radio program is heard on more than 400 radio stations, including right here on uh, Moody Radio on Saturday morning. So depending on your time zone, Hope you'll go check that out and and listen. Talking about love is a choice this morning. And Gary, as we've talked a little bit about the five love languages, um, we may have some listening who say, all right, Gary, I've tried it. I have uh, done some of the, uh, I've tried doing the five love languages, um, but I'm, I'm so tired because I'm not getting the response that I thought I might get. And I'm just wondering, is it worth it? How do I, how do I keep going um, just putting these things into practice when I don't feel like I'm getting anything back from my spouse? You know, one of the questions I typically ask when people share that idea, I say, uh, so let me make sure I'm understanding you. You're loving them in order to get them to love you. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that, that, that's manipulation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> and I understand it. I understand what they're saying. You know, you're trying and trying and trying and you're getting no response. I understand that. You get discouraged. But love is not a matter of manipulation. Love is a choice. You see, God loves us whether we love him or not. He, he loves everybody and he, he wants everybody to come and do what's right, you know, but not everybody does what's right. In spite of the fact God gives them breath every single day, you know. So uh, the biblical love is that we're loving not to get. We're loving because we're choosing to be a person of love. And, of course, we have outside help. Uh, you know, Romans chapter five and verse five says the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So even when we have no love feelings for the other person, we can say, Lord, you know how I feel about them, but I'm asking you to pour your love through me. Let me be your agent for expressing love to them. And, uh, and God will do that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, one of the things I say is, you know, uh, Steve, to people like that, Steve, is because uh, sometimes they say, I've tried this for three weeks and it's not working. You know? yeah. <laughs> I say, how about doing a six-month experiment? What if for six months you speak their love language, you know, is on a regular basis and just see what happens. And again and again and again, when people have been willing to accept that challenge, I've seen them. Sometimes it's four months or longer before the person begins to respond at all. But eventually many of them, I can't say everybody, but many of them will respond in time because you're meeting one of their deepest emotional needs when you're speaking their love language. And there's something inside a person when they're receiving love, even though they know they don't deserve it, mm-hmm. and, and you're doing something they don't deserve, they're, they're drawn to you. We can't guarantee they will respond, but you, after six months, will be able to look yourself in the mirror and know that you did the most powerful thing you could do to influence them. See, we don't control them. We right. can't make them do anything, but we can influence them. And loving them in the right love language over an extended period of time 
is the greatest influence you can have on someone else. We may come back and pick up on that in just a few moments, but want to uh, take a little time and talk about some of the stories that are in this book, <laughs> Love is a Choice. As you think through <laughs> just some of the many, many stories you've heard over the years of people who have put this into practice and change has happened, uh, can you share uh, one, one story um, out of this book? Yeah, you know, uh, these stories cover all sorts of relationships, not just marriage, but all sorts of relationships. One of them I remember, though, and maybe I remember this one really because it it applied to me, because I I remember when I went through this, she said they got married and they were at odds about how to load a dishwasher. And uh, he was just upset with her that she wouldn't do it in an organized manner. You know, and she was upset with him because it takes too much time to do that. You know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. she and in her mind, she said, "I'm not going to let him control me." You know, and so they argued over this dishwasher thing. You know, for a long, long time, and finally, uh, they both began to realize, you know, we're not getting anywhere uh, doing this. We're just putting each other down, criticizing each other. Why don't we just let each other load it like you want to? If you're loading it, load it your way. If I'm loading it, I load it my way. And so, you know, love is sometimes coming to accept things about your spouse that you don't necessarily like. And so they did that for three or four years. And then finally, one day she said, you know, I think I think his way is the best way. <laughs> and so She said, I'm going to start loading it his way because they all get clean and nothing gets broken. <laughs> so it took her a while to get that to that stage. But, you know, we, we look for some a place we can meet in the middle, you know, a compromise, mm-hmm. and not spend the rest of our life arguing about something as trivial as how to load a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. You know, while it may uh, be, man, you know, this tension may be brought to the surface because of a dishwasher, uh, sometimes there are some uh, underlying things that, you know, something as simple as a dishwasher brings that to light, and you realize, okay. It's it's not worth going to war over some of these things. Dr. Gary Chapman with us talking about love is a choice, and we want to connect you with him. We want to connect you with this book um, and the best-selling book, The Five Love Languages. So you can go check out the website, fivelovelanguages.com. That's the number five, lovelanguages.com. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning on Moody Radio. On YouTube today, Steve Copeland of MissionFieldUSA.com joins us to share about one of the largest mission fields in the world, the USA. Click the bell to subscribe at YouTube.com forward slash at Dawn and Steve. And this interview with Dr. Gary Chapman will be up there soon. Well, we are continuing to talk with best-selling author and counselor, speaker, Dr. Gary Chapman. Speaking of him being a speaker, he's going to be in Pittsburgh on March the 18th for a conference there, and he may be coming to a city near you. I encourage you to go check out the uh, the conferences. They're fantastic. Um, more information at 5lovelanguages.com. That is 5lovelanguages.com. Uh, Gary, as we uh, talk about love being a choice in your book, Love is the choice. You have a number of different stories of people who uh, have put these five love languages into practice and seen the effects of that. love to hear uh, an, another story of a couple who, you know, put this into practice and, and there was a change. Yeah, I, one of them really impressed me. Uh, they got married. They've been happy, of course. They were in love with each other. And she said, but shortly after they got married, he started drinking. He had not, uh, he had not been drinking alcohol before that. And she said he literally turned into a monster. He was just so angry and harsh at her. And, and, and she just, you know, felt, man, I don't know what's going on here. And uh, 
so uh, their friends began to say, hey, if you guys don't shape up, you're not going to make it, you know. And she said, both of us kind of said, wait a minute, we'll make it, you know. <laughs> so he stopped drinking. And she said, we, uh, we changed our jobs. We moved to a smaller town. We left friends that were having a bad influence on us. And things really got good in our relationship. She said, but then he got multiple sclerosis. Mm. And after that, he started drinking again and became a monster again. She said, it was absolutely awful. And she said a friend invited her to a Bible study. She was not a Christian, invited her to a Bible study. And she began to study the scriptures. She came to know Christ, began to grow in Christ. And she said one day she was reading in Luke chapter six, where Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to those that hate you. <laughs> and she said, God said to her, that's your plan. Wow. That's your plan. So she said, I started giving him words of affirmation and acts of service, which I knew were his top two love languages. In spite of the fact that I was hurt, in spite of the fact that I had negative feelings toward him, I started giving him those two things. And she said it took about two months, but she said he stopped drinking. Hmm. And he then began to return to being a kind and humorous person. And she said we had many, many good years after that. Of course, you know, the multiple sclerosis continued to advance. And she said uh, after 35 years, he died. She said multiple, multiple sclerosis took him. She said, but we won the war, you know, because we yeah. learned how to love each other. So I, I just, you know, I'm so encouraging to people who are in, in hard situations. I know it's hard. I know it's hard when you're being mistreated. And, uh, and, and you don't feel like loving them. You feel like running and getting out of it. But, you know, you can be God's instrument for communicating love to that person because God loves them. They're human. He, he, he loves them. And, and you can be his agent to express that love. And, and there's nothing more powerful in terms of actually influencing a person to make changes than loving them even when they don't deserve to be loved. Yeah. And sometimes as we want to love well, um, that person that we're attempting to love well for one reason or another steps on our pain. There's something maybe in our past, our baggage, wounds that we have um, from, from previously, and all of a sudden we feel like whether it's a spouse or you know an employer, whoever that may be that we're in relationship with, because they've touched our pain, we want to draw back and not do this anymore. What would yeah. you say to the person who says, man, that person that I'm trying to love well keeps stepping on my pain point? You know, I, I understand that, and I, I'm very empathetic with the pain that that person feels. But I would say, don't let your own emotions control your behavior. Because if we do, then that setting would cause us to say, I'm, I'm through with this. I'm not going to take this anymore. And we can draw back from it. Now, now Steve, I want to be honest about the whole physical abuse thing. Because if it's physical abuse, you don't just let people continue to abuse you. Yeah. You do speak their language, but you say to them, honey, I don't know how you feel about us, but I really feel like I'm doing everything I can to love you and show you that I love you. And it seems to me like maybe you don't care at all. And I, I'm going to go for some counseling and I would like for you to go with me. But if you don't, I'm going myself because I need help. You take that approach as kind of a tough love approach after you have been loving them, you know, in a, in a meaningful way. And chances are they might not go with you the first time, but they might begin to go with you for counseling. And, and you can you can be the agent of helping them take that next step. Well, if you're looking for some encouragement about loving well and putting these five love languages into practice and the hope that comes with that, 
Gary's book that is entitled Love is a Choice, and uh, we want to connect you with that. And again, you can find his speaking schedule where he may be doing a conference near you when you visit the website fivelovelanguages.com. That is the number five, lovelanguages.com. Dawn and Steve are on Twitter. Search for them with at Dawn, at DNS Mornings, I should say, at DNS Mornings on Twitter. Well, we are talking this hour with Dr. Gary Chapman, author, speaker, counselor. He's the uh, best-selling author of The Five Love Languages, director of Marriage and Family Consultants. And his radio program, Building Relationships, is heard on more than 400 radio stations, including right here on Moody Radio on Saturday morning. So I encourage you to check that out. As we've talked about The Five Love Languages, Gary, a lot of us uh, have seen some of the other books that have come out of that. You know, The Five Love Languages of Children, The Secret to Loving Children Effectively. And as you uh, write in the uh, new book, Family Time, that you have uh, co-authored, I I like this line. You said, uh, the question is not, do you love your children? The question is, do your children feel loved? And sometimes we may struggle to figure out what our kids' love languages are. And so, because if we have multiple kids, chances are they're not the same (laughs) across those kids. How do uh, we begin to figure out what our kids' love languages are? You know, Steve, you can discover a child's love language by the time they're four years old by simply observing their behavior. Hmm. How do they respond to you and, and others? Yeah, my son's love language is physical touch. When he was that age, when I came home from work, he would run to the door, grab my legs, and hang on to me. Yeah. He's touching me because he wants to be touched. Our daughter never did that. At that age, she would say, Daddy, come into my room. I want to show you something. She wanted quality time. She wanted my undivided attention. So if you just observe their behavior. And secondly, uh, is, is what do they complain about? Mm-hmm. A mother said the other day, she said, my six-year-old son said to me, we used to go to the park before the baby came. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. used to have his mother's undivided attention at the park, just the two of them. And now the baby's here. He's missing it. And he's complaining. He's not getting quality time. So listen to their complaints and listen to their request. What do they request of you? Our daughter, for example, in the teenage years, her her most often request was, Dad, can we take a walk after dinner? She's asking me for quality time. Can we just walk and talk together? So you put those three things together, you can pretty much figure out a child's love language. Uh, I love that. And as we begin to figure out their love language, one of the things that can be a challenge then, especially if their love language is not ours, is what does it look like to put those things into practice? And so I think you and uh, your co-author have done a great job of addressing that and looking at that in the book Family Time. Um, Gary, for those who are saying, I don't know how to engage my kids' love language well. What, what's the, the benefit of picking up this book? You know, Steve, this book is a gold mine yeah. for parents. Jen Mickleborough is from England, and uh, she's an artist. And uh, I, I met her through my son, actually. But uh, she has taken 138 ideas of spending time with kids and then shows you how to express all five of the love languages in that particular setting. It is just a gold mine. I think parents are going to find this thing extremely helpful because really we want to speak not only the child's primary language. We want to speak all five to the child because we'd like for that child to learn how to receive love and give love in all five languages. That's the healthiest adult. 
So I think this book is going to really help parents. You know, whatever, I mean, you're already doing some things with them, but how in a particular setting do you speak uh, each of these love languages? It's just a great practical help for parents. Again, the book is called, excuse me. Again, the book is called Family Time, Simple Ways to Speak the Five Love Languages to Your Kids. Talking with Dr. Gary Chapman. You can find out more at fivelovelanguages.com.